Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast Postgame Edition. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Abby Bitterman and Jenny Carlson. As always, the Sooners Extra Podcast is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-braided chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. We are here high above Owen Field, where Saturday night Oklahoma held on to beat uh, TCU 28-24, a wild game. And, and Abby, the wildness uh, stretched through most of the last three quarters, but the fourth quarter was something uh, to behold as you just sort of, uh, if you're a Sooners fan, held on to your seat and, and uh, rode your way through it. Oh, definitely. I mean, Jalen Hurts seeming to not be able to hold on to the ball as hard as he tried and and you know, uh, Buki coming up with that big interception—it was just, it was just so back and forth there at the at the end. And you kind of, for a second, I feel like I definitely, at many points, didn't know how it was going to turn out. Yeah, just uh, crazy, Jenny. But let's let's start off with the offensive component of that. Jalen Hurts, the the two turnovers there in the fourth quarter that made it tight. Both times when it looked like Oklahoma was about to punch it in and score, the first one, uh, an interception that it looked like CeeDee Lamb sort of fell down a little bit, slipped, uh, winds up in a 98-yard interception return the other way for TCU. And then uh, the second one, Jalen Hurts breaks off. I think it was about a 31-yard run, yeah. something to that effect. 32, I think 32. Is what it was, yeah. Um, looks like he's going to be uh, inside the 10. I think it would have been at the 7. And then all of a sudden, uh, just a fantastic play by the TCU defender to sort of come up behind him and strip the ball out and uh, gives them the ball back. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say a rough night for Jalen Hurts. He ran for, you know, uh, what, about 180 yards. Um, But um, not the best fourth quarter for him. No, uh, that that play that um, he ends up turning the ball over on the fumble Nook Bradford made an amazing play. I mean, he strips. What a name, by the way. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but the play was every bit as amazing <laughs> as his name because he comes up from behind Jalen Hurts, takes him down, and in the process of them both going to the ground, it goes from Jalen Hurts looking like he's got the ball completely secured to Nook yeah. Bradford having the ball completely secured. It was the craziest turn. I don't in real time. I didn't realize that anything had happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I yeah. thought I thought Jalen Hurts went down. Oklahoma's moving on. I didn't even. I there was not a question in my mind what had happened. And then you watch it on replay and you realize that the complete opposite of what you thought happened in real time had happened. TCU gets the ball. It was the right call to give them the ball too. I mean, I think they did. They were looking at you know knee and was Jalen Hurts down before he yeah, lost I think possession. They, but they they called it a call stands. It looked pretty clear yeah. like he had it but there wasn't a good angle um, enough where you could confirm it yeah. 
but I don't think there would have been an angle to overturn it the other way. I mean, it looked like even, uh, I mean, it was hard to, it was just a fantastic play. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that what you said earlier, you know, the fact that he's got 173 yards rushing, um, you know, not a great night passing in terms of efficiency, 11 to 21 for 145 yards. Um, had the two touchdown passes, though, obviously, which is, is big when you only win by four. But pretty clearly um, some some ball security issues, you know. Uh, had him at Baylor, put Oklahoma in a bad position several times. Uh, ultimately didn't cost him a game at Waco. Didn't ultimately cost him a game here. But you can't be giving the ball to the other team. I mean, that's just uh, – it's just not a um, – it's just not a, 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 a position you want to put your defense in all the time. And so just a real – I think it really brings into question uh, his Heisman candidacy at this point. You know, yeah. I think I think his defense winning games when he makes mistakes, I'm not sure he's getting any, any – scoring any points with Heisman voters for that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really hard for him to get anywhere back near the race. Now, to no, me, I think he makes the finals. I think you think he goes I, to New York? I, I think he's going to. See, have, I don't. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does wind up getting there. I, I don't think he's the most deserving player on this team to make the final. To make it, make it to New York. I think Ceedee Lamb is that, given uh, what we've seen from him and the playmaking ability that we've seen from him. I think he's the third most deserving player in the state, probably, to be there. <laughs> uh, as uh, and we'll talk about. Bedlam, obviously, a lot, but Chuba Hubbard's had a fantastic season. You know, I, I think Wait, Ohio the, State's Chase Young. I don't know that he makes it to New York, but I think it's pretty clear to me that he deserves to be in New York after watching his performance today against Ohio State or against uh, Penn State, excuse me. Um, for I, Ohio State. For Ohio State, yeah. But um, I don't know. But his, his numbers are still going to be really good. I mean, he became. What was it, Abby? Was it the third Division One quarterback to throw for three thousand and rush for a thousand? Yes, season? the third. Um, Lamar Jackson did it twice in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, and uh, Johnny Manziel did it in twenty twelve. And so, we know what those guys did in those seasons. Two yes. of the three, they won the Heisman. Yes, and I believe that Lamar was a finalist the yeah. the other year. So yeah, that's yes Heisman's. And he also became tonight the. Uh, third OU quarterback ever to rush for over a thousand yards in a season yeah and um, he's pretty securely number two and, and he's he, almost sure to be number one by the end of the season very very but, certain. uh Jack Mildren number one yes. with uh 1260 something yards 90 something, something. 90 something yards, yeah. I said to I said to Jenny um you know when I when I saw that that it's pretty it's pretty incredible that Jack Mildren did that in 1971, and then nobody did it again until Kyler Murray did it last year, and now uh, Jalen Hurts has done it this year. So pretty and wild that <laughs> it, that happened in 71 and then not again especially, until 2018. Especially when you've, you've had some guys along the way that have been sort of that dual threat, maybe more running, uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, Trevor Knight comes to mind. But, you know, they... Yeah, they, but even the, like... The wishbone quarterbacks during right. that era. I mean, Jamel Holloway and right. Charles Thompson. Yeah, none and of those guys. I, t- I tend number. to think about guys of this era because the offenses. There's so many more possessions. Yeah. so many more opportunities. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, even when you talk about 
the uh, the wishbone. It, different eras, different times, different strengths, and yet I think Abby makes a good point that you don't see it for you know forty something years, and then you yeah. get it back to back years. And and there there's no doubt in my mind the way that OU's running the ball right now, and the way Jalen Hurts has run it all year, that that his numbers are going to continue to go up. And Kyler Murray, by the way, just <laughs> just barely made yeah. it. He had 1,001. So Jalen Hurts, I think, a bit more like squarely. But honestly, it's not a surprise with how much we've seen him run all year and talked about him running all year. But I just, to go back to the, the ball security, you know, he talked on Monday about how after the Bedlam game, he, you know, came back and did his usual post-game workout with a ball in his hand because he was, <laughs> he was practicing his ball security. And he said... On Monday, that wasn't the first time he'd fumbled, and it probably wouldn't be the last. And well, he wasn't wrong. He was, yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny because Jalen Hurts said that on, on Monday, that he came back and worked out with the ball in his hand to work on his ball security. And then uh, somebody on Wednesday, when we get to talk to, to Lincoln Riley in a much more abbreviated setting, uh, asked Lincoln Riley about that, about having players work out you know, hold the ball all the time and things like that. And Lincoln Riley said, well, that's just something for the movies. Well, I mean, it's what Jalen Hurts actually did, but hey, um, whatever he's doing, he's got to figure out something. I mean, yeah. you've got to hold on to the ball in those situations. I mean, that's to me what makes Kennedy Brooks so valuable is not only the running, and, and we'll talk more about Oklahoma's ability to run the ball tonight, but Kennedy Brooks, 149 yards, no negative carries, 25 carries, no negative carries for him, averaged uh, six yards per carry, a little bit under Hertz at 6.2. But the thing about Brooks is the ball security. He's phenomenal. Uh, he's almost played two full seasons. I think he's fumbled once, if I'm not mistaken. The man holds onto the ball, and uh, you know I, I thought Oklahoma should have uh, kept with the run quite a bit more at other times this season, but tonight uh, Lincoln Riley saw what was working and kept at it, and uh, it, it worked offensively, like I said, outside of those two uh, critical turnovers there in the fourth quarter, but they were able to uh, overcome that. But we're going to take a break right there on the Sooners Extra Podcast. We're going to be back on the other side with uh, talk a little bit more running game. We'll eventually get around to the college football playoff ramifications, the defense, and the way that they performed tonight. But uh, this is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Ryan Aber here with Abby Bitterman and, and Jenny Carlson and uh, Jenny we started talking about uh, Oklahoma's defense there uh, a little bit in the first segment, but uh, this, this defense um, got off to a really hot start tonight, uh, held TCU to, to four punts on the first four plays. I think they were uh, 
what uh, two first downs on there, maybe or maybe one first down. I think in the first four drives, uh, maybe may been two. They had three but, yards at the end of the first. Yeah, quarter. I mean it was just so, uh, just a great uh, great start uh, for this defense. Then it got a little rocky. Yeah. Uh, with some things, especially with the TCU's quarterback getting loose, um, a little bit, especially on the run game. But uh, Oklahoma's defense made some critical, critical plays down the stretch. Well, the defense was a lot like this. This game and this team has shown itself to be very um, uh, dominating in stretches, and then very disappointing in other ones. Um, the first quarter, uh, early, uh, early in the game. Fantastic, as you said, Ryan. Then uh, Max Dugan, the TCU quarterback, gets loose for a 62-yard run. Looks like he's going to score. Pat Fields tracks him down, uh, keeps him out of the end zone. But that play seemed to really kind of switch something uh, in the Sooners as much as anything because two plays later, TCU's in the end zone. Then uh, the offense, uh, I think the very next drive, I think they they give it over when uh, Jalen – uh, Jaden Hazelwood um, is is uh, forced into a fumble uh, after a catch, so they turn it over. Then TCU scores again, which it's lucky they didn't score uh, a touchdown. They had a, a wide open guy in the end zone who drops a pass, and they settle for a field goal. Then again, Oklahoma uh, gives up the ball on their next possession. So you know, uh, it, it just it it, it kind of went sideways there for a while. But the defense, like you said, Ryan, in the end, it made the plays when it had to, just as it did a week ago, coming up with big uh, moments down the stretch. They get the the interception by Buki there at the end. Um, you know, if you look at the total numbers, really, really good. Max Dugan only 65 yards passing, 7 to 21. Uh, he did lead them in rushing, did Dugan with uh, 92 yards on 12 rushes, but again, 62 yards on one play, and on the other 11, he rushes for 30 yards. So, you know, overall, they really did a pretty good job holding TCU's offense in check. But, again, they just had those moments when things started to slide a little bit, and uh, it was crazy how quickly they went from, you know, great to good. What's the book? Good to great? <laughs> they go from great to good, good to yeah. great. I mean, they're all over the place, it seems like. Yeah, they are. But, uh, Abby, there in the end, after after Hurts' fumble, uh, they, they really turned it on. And uh, no surprise – that Kenneth Murray and Ronnie Perkins were right there in the middle of things mm-hmm. with the uh, mm-hmm. back-to-back tackles, one for a, a loss of a yard, one for just the the one yard on Max Dugan's uh, run there on the second play after Hurts' fumble and uh, an incomplete pass on the next play, and all of a sudden Oklahoma has the ball back and uh, you know, weren't able to, to finish it off there as the TCU did get um, another uh, another drive. Uh, pretty quickly, but when Oklahoma's defense is at its best, Kenneth Murray is flying around and making plays, and I think we've seen that much more over the last six quarters than we did for probably the the six, eight quarters before that. Yeah, definitely. There was a play at some point where he just like almost came out of nowhere and just took, I think it was Max Dugan down, but I could be wrong about that, but um. This and you could tell though that this defense was fired up and ready for its moment. Um, it they were they were you know dancing around. They were hyped before the TCU drive started. They were ready, you know. They were they were ready to go out and make plays in in a way that 
kind of you don't always see from see from that defense. You don't always see that type of hype and energy. And that like one side of the ball needed to have some energy tonight, and it was the defense. I think. Guys, let's look at uh, after after um, Oklahoma. So Hertz throws the pick six. Mm-hmm. Then he fumbles. The next three plays, TCU minus one on a run, one yard on a run, and an incompletion before they punt. So essentially zero yards there. Yeah. Next drive after Oklahoma turns it over on fourth down. Um, I think that was when uh, they don't get enough on um, uh, Ramondre Stevenson's yeah, running Yeah, had a up. no gain. It was really close. That, the next, yeah. the next uh, five plays that – uh, the OU defense has incompletion that ends up a, a defensive pass interference. So not a great play there. I thought that was maybe questionable. I think they called it on uh, Parnell Motley. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, it was Parnell Motley. They, yeah. There. So defensive pass interference. Then they get a run for minus one, a six yard uh, tackle by Neville Gallimore. Neville Gallimore, another yeah. big part of Oklahoma's front seven and a big reason why Oklahoma's defense, when it's good, when it's really good is powered by Gallimore and again, Kenneth Murray and Don uh, Key Award co-winner. The, yes. <laughs> um, the the next play uh, Jenny you can break it down a little bit but I'm I'm pretty sure that was Jaden Davis on the tackle the yeah. uh, the yeah. uh, play-by-play sheet which you're not looking at so it didn't matter. The play-by-play sheet has Trey Sermon on the tackle. Uh, uh, no, that, I don't think yeah. so. It was the they, other number four. They also had Parnell Motley with a uh, with a fumble in the first half. That was don't really think he did that. J- yeah, Jaden uh, Jaden Hazelwood. But yeah, a six yard uh, a six yard uh, catch that, and then a uh, an incompletion with a basically a throwaway. Um, Max Dugan sort of forced to to get rid of it, and then the interception. Bugie yeah. comes up with the interception Which, on fourth down. Uh, yeah, it, I want to spend some time talking about that. First of all, like a certain local radio host, I'm going to give it up to myself <laughs> um, because nobody else will give it up to me. <laughs> the uh, We picked the headlines in the, the paper. We sort of have fun with them and try to make a little bit of predictions as we make the score predictions about what's going to happen. The one I put, I, I put book it, you put right? Book just, it. just two words, book it. And I said, uh, Radley Hiles' late pick lifts Sooners <laughs> to the Big 12 championship game. Which is and literally exactly what happened. Literally exactly what happened. Uh, the headline that is in the Oklahoman for Monday is just book it. Uh, Radley Hiles' OU defense step up to deliver a trip to the Big 12 title game. I'm pretty happy with myself. <laughs> Although, Let let's me. say I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as I say all of that. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this that's family friendly. <laughs> I was just sort of pulling stuff out of anywhere. <laughs> I was just like, hey, that's sort of interesting. Book it, uh, you know, Bookie, Bookie, the uh, the Big Twelve title game hopes and everything. I picked a relatively close game. I think I picked OU to win by seven. Um, so hey, it was completely a shot in the dark, but sometimes shots shots in the dark come through. By the way, if you could pat yourself on the back, you should do it. But you can't. I, I can't and hold the mic at the same time. So maybe yeah. after we get done. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> beyond that, a really um, emotional moment for Buki Radley Hiles. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I don't think you were over there, Abby. I think I, was I told not. you about you it. Did. I can't remember, uh, Jenny, if you were around when Buki was talking, but uh, it, his, one of his cousins uh, 
late 30s, 38, 39 years old, died of natural causes this week, and he didn't have any family here for the game. Uh, a lot of times he, he has family around, but uh, they weren't able to make it because everybody was at the funeral, which was today. And after Radley House today, we you can't press to make plays. You've got to just let them come to you because when you press, they don't come to you. But one came to him in the end, and he took advantage, and then all the emotion hit him, ran down to the end zone and, and had a moment there with his, his teammates. Um, sort of thought a flag may be coming there with the time that they took too. but uh you know one of those one of those really cool moments uh in a game to see the way that he handled that and the way that uh you know football can help people get through some things and you know there's a whole lot more important things going on in his life right now than than what happened here on the field but um he said he, he just felt like in that moment his cousin was around and and uh you know, appreciative of that, I guess. Yeah. And should we talk about the, uh, the other kind of exciting, not exciting, but well, let's, why don't we talk about that on the other side? Cause okay. that was a uh, good tease. Cause everybody's gonna be like, what are they talking yeah, about? We're, we're going to, can, can I just, can yeah. I just say just to add up those plays we were talking about sooners when they weren't giving up penalties and those plays after in, in crucial times, they gave up five yards and, yeah. and, and got an interception. So, I mean, excellent. I mean, that Radley Hiles play, Ryan, you're right. Mm-hmm. Great moment for him, for his family, for this team. But it was really, it really encapsulated what this defense did late. It came up big time for this team. Yeah. And it's yet another sign of proof that this defense is so much better than it was a year ago. You know, despite some of the ups and downs and the rocky times that they've had, you know, last year's defense at times would come up with a big play but it was almost just singularly on its own. It was never build some momentum defensively. They've been able to build some momentum defensively at times this year, and uh, they did it really big time last week in Waco. They did it on those two critical drives tonight, and uh, they did it early in this game. And, you know, it's another reason why Oklahoma has its goals, you know, relatively in front of them. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, for a, for a good chunk of this season, Oklahoma, the defense, as hard as it tried, and it was trying hard to get a turnover, they just wouldn't come. And now all of a sudden, in kind of the biggest and most key moments, when they truly absolutely have to have them, they've been finding ways to come up with them. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, what Abby mentioned with a, another pretty cool moment. In story uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about college football playoff ramifications. If you could, uh, please go to the Google Podcast app or, or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen uh, to your podcast and shoot us a review. We'd really appreciate that. This is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Abby Bitterman and Jenny Carlson. And, and Abby, you teased it so artfully earlier. Um, <laughs> the, the moment with Buki Radley-Hiles there at the end was not the only inspirational moment for Oklahoma's defense in this game. They got a really big lift early with a guy that I don't think very many people expected to see on the field this season. Yes, a member of the OU media was, <laughs> in fact, on the field today. Um, yeah, no, Caleb Kelly came back. For the, for first, the first time first ever, yes. somebody went from the media to the football field <laughs> instead of uh, the other way around. And you said he plans on going yeah, back I, to the I media again. But sort of joked around with him afterwards that, and I don't even know, you did you say his name? I think I said Caleb Kelly. Okay. If, if it's I, not I clear, to be we're sure. talking about Caleb Kelly. Yeah, I just sort of, after the interviews had ended, I said, hey, you going to be around Monday? And he said, yeah, I'm going to be there working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it would be funny, actually, if they brought him for the actual luncheon to talk, and then he got behind the camera to do his, his normal work. And if you don't know, Caleb Kelly has been, uh, not interning is the right word, they said, they said it wasn't an internship, but... I'm not sure exactly what this is, but I don't know. something. I remember Helping. reading Joe's story, but yeah, yeah he's kind of in a in a uh, learning. Just a, it's 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 almost like he's a what's it called audit? You know, audit the class or you, well, you, you yeah. audit classes, but it's more like a. I mean, I'd say shadowing, but he's not really. Sh- I mean, yeah. he's doing he's the doing work. Yeah. He was definitely being assigned, like talking about a story he was going to do on Monday. I swear, I heard that. Yeah, be um, but it's been really fun yeah. to see him handle that role um, that he's done with the media and have a little bit of fun with it. I think, I hope it gave him a little bit of appreciation, but a funny moment in, (laughs) he came in for uh, his post game interview and he just sort of smiled and somebody said, Hey, you know, what would you ask yourself? And he asked himself the first two questions he answered, um, which were the two questions that would be asked first uh, in in most of those situations, yeah, the yeah. the general how you feel, which is good because you know you get the emotion of of how he was feeling uh, to to come back and play, but also it's a nice little ramp up to you know some of the harder questions that mm-hmm. come a little bit later. But yeah, so that was pretty cool to see Caleb Kelly and surprising. I mean, this is a guy who tore his ACL um, eight. Months ago? Not even eight months ago because it happened in April. So, what, yeah. seven months ago? Yeah, it's amazing. And he's back on the field and performing the way he did. You know, not perfect. You know, you mentioned the, the Max Dugan, the long run. Mm-hmm. Caleb Kelly said, eh, some people might say that's my fault. <laughs> he um, said, I'm not going to say it is. I'm not going to say it's yeah. not. But some people. <laughs> some people might. But, uh, you know, overall, to come back that quickly, it's he, impressive. he yeah. brought up the name Adrian Peterson and how – quickly adrian peterson returned from that injury but uh just su- surprising and phenomenal to be able to come back in in that short of time yeah and while you guys were over there talking to him i was asking uh kenneth murray about what it was like to have him back out there with him and you know uh kenneth was talking about how he was there when it happened and when kenneth got injured and just how kind of you know big of a moment and when he heard that uh Caleb Kelly was going to go in the game um, tonight. He kind of he said he like did a double take because he like he was like what Re- <laughs> like really, um, and so he just you know and I asked him about if that they seemed to have a lot of energy, but if that gave them even a little bit more energy, and he said that 
you know it, it kind of did just to know how like what he went through to be back out there and you know you're always playing for your brother but in this case you know his brother has a has a really good story behind him so you know it's interesting too I, i'm curious to see where this kind of goes because obviously um you know getting a chance to get kelly back in the, a game before bedlam before the big 12 championship game before a bowl game whatever that may be i know we're going to talk college football playoff in a second but chance to get him out there and see what he can do and for him to see what he can do i think that was big he's he did say that he thought he was going to potentially play a week ago at baylor yeah when uh deshaun white, white it looked mm-hmm. like was going to get ejected for targeting they that wind was up, him he was that stretching was caleb kelly abby and i have talked about it in the press box that it looked like kelly was getting ready to go back go into the game at that point yeah it was true they were going to put him into the game if uh, deshaun white had been ejected he wasn't. Caleb Kelly never came into the game at that point. But it's fascinating to think about one, you know, what they can be with with another spot of depth on this defense. Yep. But two, because of where it is in the schedule, if Oklahoma doesn't make the playoff or doesn't make it to the championship game, it doesn't really matter. Caleb Kelly uh, will have a, a season to come back, and he said. If he doesn't hit that five game mark, he's going to be back next season because he said there's no there's not a reason to leave uh, now. You know he wants to put some more stuff on film, but he said if Oklahoma somehow gets into the playoff, somehow makes it in the national championship game, it's going to be really tough. A really tough decision for Lincoln Riley. A really tough decision for Caleb Kelly, who will surely have some say in it. That uh, you know, do you? I'm not going to say waste a season, but use a season of eligibility playing in one game, even if it's a national championship game, in order to say or uh, instead of saving an, a full another year. And honestly, another year where next year you would figure Oklahoma should be should be better defensively mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. More Alex Grinch recruits. Uh, they're losing a lot on the, the defensive front and potentially at linebacker, but they've also got the uh, you know Perry and Winfrey coming in, and and also you would figure they would look better on the back end of the defense, lose uh, lose Motley back there, but uh, they they've got some more bodies coming up, and and certainly those young guys have performed uh, admirably this year, so it's going to be an interesting decision if it comes to that, and of course if it comes to that you're you know throwing parties in the streets in Norman. Yeah. That Oklahoma's oh, yeah. in the national championship game. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, and it it may come to that. I'm skeptical, even with yeah. I mean, the to results me, tonight. I just and, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that here in just a second. But I mean, this doesn't feel like a playoff team necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously that's colored by the close games that we've seen the last last four. But. Um, like I said, it doesn't feel like these teams the last few years. The offense isn't as dynamic as it's been. Right. Um, the the defense is better, but you know how does that balance out? But the pulse is still there. Mm-hmm. They've got a chance, and when you've got a chance uh, here with two regular season games left, you feel really good about things. So. So you're um, saying there's a chance. <laughs> I just it's it the the Big Twelve while the Big Twelve is wildly entertaining this year, 
the Big Twelve is not. It's just it's it's a muddled mess. It's and a, I, a I lot think that's, of good I think, teams. Yeah, not well. I don't think there's any really great teams. No, and I, and I, you know I think like uh, you know obviously this it's going to be Baylor Oklahoma in the in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, we learned game, that today, which is you know going to be fun because of what just happened a week ago. You know those two teams getting together again, um, but you know Texas struggling. Um, you know um, all, all the teams that you know they they've beat. They beat some well, good I think teams, I, but Iowa then State's not. really good, but they've lost some games yeah. that uh, were sort of head scratching. Um, Close know, to losing State today, you know. Looks Kansas State's looked, uh, you know, up and down at times. So this is a league with a lot of really good teams. Not great uh, teams. Not great teams. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. But again, there is a pulse, especially after today, when uh, Oregon fell to Arizona State, and that was the thing that Oklahoma needed to have happen. They needed to have some some chaos happen, and especially in the Big 12 with both Oregon and Utah ahead of the Sooners. Now, you one, if you're OU, you root like heck that Oregon is able to knock off Utah in the Pac-12 title game, or uh, I can't remember who Utah has uh, next week if Utah would have any chance of falling uh, a, a week from now. but I didn't think the, Oregon think, was going to lose today. But, yeah, I didn't think Oregon so. was going to lose today at all, and that uh, that winds up happening. Utah did uh, run sort of rough shot over uh, Arizona with a 35-7 to win. Uh, Alabama is another one of those teams that's ahead, but they had Western Carolina today. They have Auburn, Auburn next week. We'll see what happens there. If you're an OU fan, you root like heck for uh, Auburn to win that game. By the way, Utah has Colorado next week. Those uh, Pac-12, I don't want to say Pac-12 newbies because it's been uh, been a been few years. A while. But, of course, earlier today, Jenny Carlson was talking about something that happened in uh, 2005 <laughs> instead of a couple years ago. So. All right. Okay. Okay. Now we're throwing oh, I wasn't going to tell the full sometimes. story. I was it's just all right. It's saying. okay. Yeah, things run together. I forget it's been a while. No, it, it has I've been Jenny. around a while. We're getting old, Jenny. It's well, true. I'm 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 getting old. No, I'm I, I'm, I can't I'm speak right for there you. with you. No, uh, no, I'm staying I, young. Someday, so. Abby, though, <laughs> you'll get there. Don't you're worry. gonna be in this spot, and you're gonna be what happened? <laughs> yeah, that was just yesterday. Yeah, no, I, it was night. It was I, 2019. <laughs> I was the young guy on various sports staffs, including ours, right? For a while, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But and this, you know what? This this is a year that ha- this will age us all this year because of the close calls and the up and down. I think it's aged a lot of Sooner fans. Although I, think, I will say, I think people might have stayed a little more today because of the unknown. I, the, my conspiracy theory from like the, I think the second quarter when things started to shift, I was like, it's because Lincoln Riley doesn't want people to know what's going to happen <laughs> at half round. <laughs> well, well, they it, stayed better. They yeah. they did stay better. You think uh, fans prepared for the cold a little bit, um, but like I said, Oklahoma still has a pulse in the CFP conversation. They still need some things to happen. They really need Auburn to beat Alabama next week. Yeah. Um, they need Ohio State to go ahead and win the 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 pack or uh, Big Ten. If Ohio State could win the Pac-12, though, that yeah, cool. yeah. If Ohio State could win the Pac-12, that'd be incredible. But I bet Ohio they, State they, would like they that need, too. They uh, need Ohio State to go ahead and win it. 
Um, you know, because you don't want to have Penn State gets taken out of the equation today. Minnesota still has uh, at least a, a you know a, a puncher's chance there. In that, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that Oklahoma needs to have happen besides Utah playing uh, Colorado. Like I said, if Utah loses, then all of a sudden the Pac-12 is uh, is out of the equation. So, yeah, you, if you're Oklahoma right now, I mean, uh, it looks like they'll probably. They could probably move up to seven. I'm guessing the the playoff selection committee has been it's it's sometimes had some stuff I don't quite understand. But you got to think Oregon moves below Oklahoma. You got to think Penn State moves below Oklahoma with two losses apiece. Yeah, so that I don't would think there's any doubt move um, Utah up to six and Oklahoma likely to seven unless they would bump Minnesota ahead. I, of Oklahoma. I, you know I don't think so based on you know Minnesota today playing Northwestern. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a game that really moves the needle. And no. also Minnesota's win, big win was over Penn State, who lost today. Mm-hmm. So, But gave Ohio you know, State a good game. No, they, they mm-hmm. did give Ohio State a good game. I just think when you look at the way that this committee operates with the reevaluation of resumes as a whole every week versus just looking at what happened this week, you think about uh, some of those things. I think, obviously, Alabama stays ahead, which I – I'm not high in the Crimson Tide at all because of their schedule, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's not great. something just this side of putrid. It's, it's, <laughs> it isn't great at all. I mean, Texas A&M is their best win, yeah. and it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, they have not played a good schedule at all. They haven't played anybody near the caliber of Baylor, yeah. uh, much less this supposed gauntlet that they always face in the, the uh, SEC. Mm-hmm. Of course, the SEC West this year isn't um, as much what it's been, but those three top teams are still really good. Um, and they've got to play Auburn next week. If Auburn is able to win, then uh, then Alabama would surely fall below Oklahoma if Oklahoma is able to win Bedlam. And the only question becomes uh, the, the Utah one. Uh, also, if you're Oklahoma, you've got to root for next week. You root for South Carolina – or not South Carolina. You root for Georgia Tech to beat Georgia – don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you root for LSU to go ahead and beat Georgia in the SEC title you game to take the bull, Bulldogs. South Carolina to beat Clemson if you really wanted, but I don't know that that would help. No, I mean you can. I mean Georgia, uh, Georgia lost to them. I don't think it's going to happen, but crazier things have happened. Yeah. I mean, if if here's the deal: if Clemson loses, uh, Clemson's going to be out of the equation because of their schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Georgia loses another game, they're going to be out of the equation. There's never been a two-loss team make the college football playoff. So, uh, and I, I don't think they deserve it at that point. Um, so, that- yeah, you want – to me, you want LSU and Ohio State to, to hold serve. You hope like crazy that something crazy happens and Clemson loses, but you don't bet on it. Um, and then you want Auburn to win the uh, the – Iron Bowl and Utah to fall at some point in the next two weeks. It's not, all of those things are not impossible, but it it's going to take a lot. I, I mean, and I think I think as soon as Oklahoma lost to K State, we knew it was going to take a lot of dominoes to fall. And I still think, um, you know, uh, the these are the wins against uh, you know 
if, if OU wins Bedlam, I know we'll talk more about that as the week goes on, but if they win Bedlam, that's a top 25 win according to the rankings. They've got a couple of others of those. Um, they're not super impressive. They're not big wins necessarily, but at this point, wins are wins, and if Oklahoma can tile up you know, four of those potentially, that would be a pretty big statement. So you just you, – if, if you're Oklahoma – all the stuff that has to happen, yes, you know it's out there, but all you can do is handle the games ahead. And and there's going to be tough games. I mean, Oklahoma State, their defense has improved. Their offense, I'm not sure we saw everything that Drew Brown can do in this offense at West Virginia. I think they're going to open up the playbook some next week. And then you got to, you know, you got to go beat Baylor again. So, I mean, they've they've got some tough games ahead of them. Yeah, no doubt about it, but like you said, at least uh, at least there's a pulse there, so we'll see what happens. But Oklahoma returns to action next Saturday against Oklahoma State. We'll be back with a couple of podcasts. This week we'll see how the, the schedule works where we can squeeze everything in. Hopefully we'll get some assists from uh, our uh, good friends Scotty Wright and Jacob Unruh on the Oklahoma State beat. Hopefully we'll have uh, either Jenny – either or Jenny or Barry joining us at, at some point this week. So Should we do a big, yeah. like – Everybody in the room podcast oh, that'd this be week. Cool. Uh, yeah, that that would be interesting. Although I, I hope we got yes. enough mics. I, well, I wonder if we should do like two different podcasts and just have a group and then just rotate through. Like maybe uh, I, I don't know how we do it, but you know, a little bit different group. We'll on think each about side it. We'll think about and it and try yeah. to get some uh, like different this. kind of representation because I sort of like uh, the the podcast where we get a different vibe from each segment to segment i think we've done that with you with you and barry at a couple times this year where y'all have uh, switched in and out we've done it with uh abby and i with some other things with some guests so we'll see what happens but we're going to wrap up there here like i said from high above uh owen field the lights are still on we're going to try to get out of here before the lights get off and before uh 1 (laughs) a.m we're at uh, 12 45 i just looked down i didn't realize how late it was but uh, thank you so much for sticking with us and we'll be back again uh, this week with uh, more of the Sooners Extra podcast which is presented by Zaxby's you can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere you can reach me through email R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com on Twitter R-Y-A-B-E-R on Twitter as always at Abby underscore Bitterman and through email abitterman at oklahoman.com jay carlson at oklahoman.com and my twitter handle is jenny carlson underscore okay once again this is the sooners extra podcast and we are presented by zaxby's see you next week